Well, good morning. It's great to see you this morning, and uh, welcome to worship. We're going to jump right in. No bumper videos, none of that stuff, and just we're going to sew up uh, what we've looked at over the past month. It's really anchored in this word, serve, right? Worship, connect, serve are the three things we identify with most. We call them our core values, um, and we do that because this whole idea of the kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ, what he's all about is... Uh, he came, he served the world, he modeled this idea of being a servant for the world, and he calls us as his followers, disciples, part of his kingdom, as he's the, the head, he's king, he's Lord, is to model this idea of serve. That's why it's not just this church, but most every church I know has this as one of their core values, this idea of serve. Um, it's this deep down bedrock belief that what the kingdom of God is all about is if we're called to love the world, the way that that love is shown, it's displayed, is through this idea of serving the world, right? We love the world, and that is serving the world. And um, it's just something we completely identify with because we know that Jesus as our example, our model, showed us a way to absolutely help people come to the realization that God has come into this world to do something with our broken, lost um, state. And that is to change us, to give us hope, to give us life. And the way that we show that is when we serve and then share the love of Jesus Christ. And so that's why this whole ministry focus month has been one idea in mind is that this church, as all churches should be, a, a place that has a culture of service. We're here for more than just us, right? We are not a country club. And the idea isn't to you know, rearrange the chairs on the, on the, or the positions on the country club, but we're just a part of a club and we're doing our thing. No, the whole dynamic here is that we come together, we serve one another, and that's one thing we've talked about, it's very practical in the scriptures. If there are so many one another's in the New Testament, you do this to one another, this to one another, this to one another, we one another, one another. It's the idea of each of us using what we've been given being there for one another, serving one another in order that we're healthy, we're sustained, we're uh, accountable, so to speak. And as we serve one another, we're strong so that then in essence we can turn around and we can serve the world around us. That's the whole culture here is serve. And so we've kind of, this is all just a very drive-by Okay, you can spend a couple months on a series on this. This is very drive-by. But we've taken a month to look at some of the ministries that are here. There's many more that we haven't touched on. But just to show you that this whole thing is built on this idea of serve. We're only reaching people, changing lives, uh, helping one another when we buy into this idea that each of us has a role and we're called to serve that role in the church. We've seen in the scriptures that it's shown in two ways to help us understand. One, Paul grabs the idea or the imagery of our human body. And what he's trying to say is that ministry or serving is done in the context of team, 
Team. And the greatest example of teamwork this world has ever seen is the human body. It is unbelievable the way it works together when it's right in harmony and does amazing things. Your body is just it's mind-blowing the way it, every little thing, and, and we could talk about that for a while, about how it all works together just to be able to, to smile or to do anything. It's, it's the greatest display of teamwork. And he says, you want to understand uh, what the church is about, what serving's about, what doing ministry's about? Well, think about the human body. Think about how it works together so well. And there's this unified, I mean, it's diverse. There's a lot of diversity, just as the body has a lot of different organs and a lot of different things going on and tendons and muscles and bones and neuro, you know, uh, all this different stuff, how it comes together in harmony and does something incredible. And he says, if you want to understand how you, we are to serve each other and serve the world, think about the human body. It is absolutely a team. But he says, also, I want you to realize that in this idea of serving, there's this reality of spiritual gifts. That not only has God saved us and given us new life and the person of his Holy Spirit in our life, energizing us, working in us, making us this new creation in Christ Jesus, this workmanship, this masterpiece that is conforming us into the image of Jesus and he's making through the power of his Holy Spirit the fruits of the Spirit in our life. But he has actually come to each and every one of us and through his grace, undeserved and unearned, he's given you gifts. Some, everybody has one gift. Most have multiple gifts. And he's gifted you. And he said, not only have I given you life, but I've given you purpose through this gift that I've given to each one of you. And so today I just want to remind you or show you 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, these verses. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. So we talked about last week the different kinds of gifts Romans chapter 7, there are seven things that he talks about. He says there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. So he says, listen, there's different gifts, and this is where you find I fit into these seven things. But then he kind of takes it a little bit farther and says, and these gifts are then served out in this way in the body. And then he goes, and then I want you to help understand a little bit more. There are different kinds of workings or manifestations or how it comes about, how it functions, what it looks like out of these seven primary gifts that you've been given. All of them and in everyone is the same God at work. And so if you're looking at the New Testament, you're trying to understand Okay, you're telling me, Chip, that God's given me a gift. I see these four different passages that list different gifts. How am I supposed to fit this all together? What do I understand about it? And I would say that there is a rhyme or a rhythm to it. And you anchor on these seven primary gifts. I believe all of us, our gifts fit inside of these seven things. Remember last week, prophecy, serving, teaching, encouragement, giving, administration or leadership, and mercy. All of you fit somewhere in there. Some of you are fitting in a couple of those or three of those categories. You're gifted in those ways. But then what does that look like? How does that serve the church? Well, it serves it in the other ways that are listed in the New Testament in these kind of ways. Um, the serving is apostle or um, prophet or an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, <clears throat> a worker of miracles, 
a gift of healing, of helping, tongues, administration. So I can't land on all of those today, but I would say that those are what your primary gift looks like and how you serve the body so many ways. But then he also says that then this, how it is energized, what it looks like if I have the gift of, let's say, somebody has, has the gift of, of service and the big thing is, is helping, is how it looks like. Then he continues to list things when he says that <clears throat> there are the workings of that are people give words of wisdom, words of knowledge. People have this, when they, when they are working their gift, their primary gift, faith is a huge part of that. Um, or healing, or miracles, or prophecy. And so... My point is just to give you a drive-by that there is a rhyme or rhythm to the gifts that you've been given. Again, I want you to seriously just think about the seven areas of gifts the scriptures talk about. You can go online on napnaz.org, Facebook, our app, and you can actually take a test inventory that will talk about those seven areas you're gifted in. The whole point is, is that you have been given a role that the the kingdom desperately needs. And when you use that, it edifies, it uplifts, it encourages, it strengthens the body. Think about when an area of your body is not working at its capacity, right? Everybody identifies with that. Maybe you identify with that more as you get older. I, I'm kind of learning that. But um, it's, it's, it's not good, and you're bothered by it, and you're, you, you're not as effective It's the same picture of the body of Christ. And so the reality of spiritual gifts is something that all of us need to understand and know as we think about how do we serve in the church and then the church serve the world. Each of you has a gift. Many of you have multiple gifts. So we want to spotlight how is this continuing, how is this culture of serving working in our church at NAPNAS. And I want to tap into something today that we talk about and we share sometimes, um, but it's this word missions, right? Um, Every church has missions, right? They talk about missions, and so often we think about um, missionaries. and, And I would just remind you that the Church of the Nazarene, deep down at its core, is a missions church, a missional church. From the very beginning, they tapped into the call of Jesus to go into all the world and share the gospel. Go and make disciples from Judea, Samaria, all from all over the world, the uttermost parts of the earth, right? And we get that as a church. I, I wanna remind you, the Church of the Nazarene is absolutely a missional church. This idea of serving, loving the world, serving the world is exactly what we believe in. I just would share some numbers for you, just by the numbers. 162 world regions the Church of the Nazarene is in. So we're not a country club. We're not interested in just doing our own thing and you gotta go through some, you know, all these things to become a member and, and then it's just like our own little bubble. No, we are pushing, pushing, pushing always to reach the world for Jesus Christ. 162 world regions. That's 700 missionaries, full-time missionaries the Church of the Nazarene employs because we believe in serving the world, reaching the world. It's a uh, $64 million last year. 
went toward missional type activity. It's things like, let me back up for just a minute. Those 700 missionaries, it's working in cultures and communities, sharing the love of Jesus through schools, through education centers, through community-based clinics, through health care. Can't tell you that there's amazing stories around the world where the Church of the Nazarene sees a group of people in a world, in a, in a region that suffers with bad health care. People are dying or suffering from physical ailments that we don't even deal with. And they are moved with compassion to go in and build a hospital and then bring doctors and nurses in and absolutely change those people's world, their lives, to bring health and healing. Why? With one reason, to share, communicate them the love of Jesus Christ. It's still missionaries doing that kind of work. $64 million last year alone was given to reach the world for Jesus, to serve the world. It's a different kind of compassionate ministries that we are always doing. We're always reaching the hurting, the, the oppressed, the afflicted. We're reaching, we're moving, we're serving them because we believe that this is who we are. It's our culture. It's things like uh, uh, the money that we, that we give that's used is, is give toward just like one ministry, the Jesus film. Just one of the ministries that we, we talk about. I saw the numbers from last year. 700, over 770,000 people accepted Jesus Christ through the Nazarene using the Jesus film. Of those people, over 540,000, over half a million people were discipled just because of this one little ministry in the church of the Nazarene. Eight, over 8,700 churches, preaching points were established last year alone because the church of the Nazarene absolutely is about serving the world, going into the world, loving the world. That's who we are. It's key to our dynamic. 9,746 volunteers last year. These aren't missionaries. These are people who said, I want to go serve. I want to go serve on a short-term missions trip. I want to go serve on a work and witness trip. I want to go and just spend some months helping some missionaries. I want to do this or that. Almost 10,000 people last year did that kind of work. And I just want to remind you that when we say we serve, one of the ways that we serve is through our missional impulses that we have. The, the things that we establish, the structures we live in is all about serving the world around us for Jesus Christ. You know, I wanted to, as we think about this, I wanted to take a moment and spotlight something that we're trying to do here. And so I'm gonna invite Ron and Eileen to come up uh, and share with us for a few moments. Again, if part of our call is to serve uh, others, uh, one way we can do that is to do missions trips, right? And in that, we get, si we get outside of ourselves. We take time out of our schedule. We give money. We give energy and effort to go and serve people who are less fortunate, who need to hear the gospel. And um, we're endeavoring to do that here uh, at NAPNAS. My hope is this the first uh, well, it's not the first. We've done stuff in the past, right? But this is another trip that we're doing that is just a consistent approach that we always have. NAPNAS is always doing some kind of short-term missions trip. We're just always doing it. So this is what's on tap for next summer, and you guys just share a moment about what that's about. <laughs> 
second time I've heard this this morning, my heart stirs within me when we talk about missions. It means a lot just knowing that our church is part of worldwide reaching out to Jesus for Jesus Christ. But <clears throat> our trip this year will be in uh, June 2018, June 23rd through 30th, to the Native American Christian Academy. It's in Holbrook, Arizona. It is a boarding school for um, Navajo, Apache, and Hopi children, Indian children. They are, have about 46 there this year. Their school year runs from um, August 1st to the end of May. And we will be going in in June, and there won't be any children there, but we'll be do, hoping to help them out in their maintenance and their landscaping and whatever they have for us. The school was um, started in 1962 and it's been there 50 years. It's been expanding. They depend on work and witness uh, trip coming in to help them out. A little bit about our trip. Um, they can house uh, 30 people. Um, there are uh, several campsites. Uh, but so we will fill out a skill form, whoever signs up to go, and list our abilities and what we're confident in leading or, or just helping out in. And then their facility coordinator will take those forms and, and design a week for us with, with things to do. And it may be painting, it may be trimming landscape, it may be building a wall, but uh, they'll design it uh, for us. And then we'll spend uh, that week on site one day to sightsee, and we plan on going to the Grand Canyon. Uh, so I would encourage you, if you're interested, to see us, uh, uh, fill out a, a skill form, and, and turn it back into us, and hopefully we have a, a good number that uh, sign up to go, and I know we'll have, uh, have a good time. And dates, kind of, as they're thinking, if they're wanting to go on this, what kind of dates are they looking at to make a decision? Yeah, June, 20. June 23rd to 30th is the trip. However, all, all applications and the check needs to be in by January 15th, and that's a very firm date. Okay. And so, very reasonable cost-wise. Uh, yeah. So, while I have you guys up here, and you've shared about this approach we're taking, trying to serve, um, you guys have obviously um, modeled this serving lifestyle, especially since you've been retired, um, all over all over the world, pretty much. I don't know if you know Ron and Eileen, their story, but it's pretty cool. And uh, I just wanted you to take a moment, share the experience of that and, and uh, how that's impacted your life and how you've been able to find a place, a role, and just kind of share a few moments about that. Well, I think it's important, the word discipleship, and I think Chip mentioned it this morning, that um, that's our goal is, disciple a new Christian and help them and to mature. And in my mind, uh, when I go on the mission field into a third world country, just to help build a building in some way, but that facility will be used to disciple people uh, for years to come. Hopefully it outlives my lifespan. Uh, this past uh, winter we were in Ecuador and we worked on two different district campgrounds, upgrading uh, their facilities. And children come into those places and, and are taught that uh, don't have the opportunities in those cities like they have here. And people come in to worship. And so that's, that's 
what I get out of going on the mission trips. And then beyond that, it's the relationships that you build. Uh, we had three different teams from the United States come in, and each one has a different personality, but you make those relationships uh, with people, and the local people are just so appreciative of the fact that you're coming to help them out. And so um, that's the ministry part in my mind, um, plus the experience is, is all uh, just frosting on the cake for me. Eileen? I come back a better person every time we go to a, a different area just because of the relationships, what I learn, how I feel that God uses me, and it's used just in a very small manner. I cleaned a lot of bathrooms, I made a lot of beds, I did some cooking, you know, the, and I went to buy groceries and don't understand the language. It's amazing what um, a translator app can help you do. But you know, just those experiences are just great. I come back a better person knowing that I've helped where God wants me to be. And it's a blessing, and I'm thankful for living in this country, but I'm thankful to be able to serve and, and to help others. Yeah. I think I just wanted to give them a moment to, to share. Um, this is one way we want to keep the ball rolling here at NatNaz, a serve culture by providing a chance for short-term mission trips consistently so that we understand what it is to, to have and to give. And we're in a unique position as Americans to bless the world because we have been given so much. And so um, just wanted them to share. This is an opportunity for us. And uh, we're really blessed to have people like Ron and Eileen who are helping us uh, just stretch our minds and our hearts in this church in that way. So thank you, Ron and Eileen, for sharing. Can we just uh, appreciate uh, all that they do? But again, the, the idea so often with missions is, well, we're just going to, we, you know, we give to the church and then they give on to missions. And so maybe there's one every 15 years in our church that's called to be a missionary. And, and uh, what, is, what does missions really mean? What is it beyond that? And um, I'll tell you that being a missionary, being missional, is far more than just sending missionaries across the ocean or to other world, other places. Being a missionary is very much a local thing. In fact, uh, another number to throw out to you is the 15% number. 15% is the amount of dollars, or it's the percentage of dollars that we give to pure missional activity. So if the idea is, a lot of people live by the idea that I tithe 10% of my, of my giving, or my earnings to the Lord as a tithe. And a good barometer for a church is to then take 10% and give that ahead to some kind of missions, right? Missionaries, missions, to be a 10% church is to tithe to missions. Right now, we're at 15% is what we give. My goal is to get to 20%. I think it'd be so cool that one in every $5 that's given is sent ahead somewhere else. And um, so we're very much, we want to be, but in that 15% is not just world missions, but it's also local ministry, local organizations, 
local projects. And in fact, my heart says, hey, if we can get to 20%, that 5%, I want to see it expanded a lot in the local mission that we do. It's kind of this word glocal, all right? It's global and local. That's the church. That's what it's always meant to be. It's to go to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth, but you're supposed to go to Jerusalem. You're supposed to impact your community. And is there ways that the church is serving its local community? Is there ways that through something like this, we continue to think about and expand our minds and our hearts and how we can do that? Well, there was one project that we just did that I wanna share. I want them to share for a moment about what that was about in a way that we locally serve in a missional type way. So Steve and Dana, would you guys come up? And um, if you remember a few months ago, we just approached the congregation about a need that we saw, and um, we asked if you would be willing to give to that, and then we asked if you'd be willing to serve in that. And guess what? You guys gave to that, to the tune of over $4,000, and you guys served in that, to a lot of hours served by especially men in our church, and really helped impact in a great and positive way, a family in our church that's doing uh, very vital ministry in our community. And so, um, Dana, why don't you share what was on your heart, what you saw, and uh, go from there. Sure. So, um, a couple of my good friends are what I would call super foster parents. They are the kind of foster parents that um, bring more and more kids into their homes. And um, Amber Yoder is one of those. She would, you know, it looked like her, she'd say her house was So Steve, talk about when Dana came to you and what your thought processes were and then how you kind of went from there. Well, when she first came to me, I'd say it's about a year and a half ago, she uh, said that she felt the Lord was calling her or us to go and help them with this, this bathroom thing. And I said, well, don't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I went over and looked at the project and it, it, was, it was a big project and I knew I couldn't do it by myself. So. You know, I talked to some guys from the church, and they were willing to help. And uh, I felt it was like, you know, I felt it on my heart that it was something we needed to do. Um, I don't know. I kind of get a little about. <clears throat> hold on a second. I kind of get a little emotional about it because uh, these kids, you know, they're kids, just like your kids are my kids. 
and they need somewhere to go. And uh, I felt like this is something we needed to do for the owners because, you know, a lot of us, you know, we come to church on Sunday and that's all we do. We don't do, you know, we need to take the next step. And I felt like that's where I was kind of at. Um, I needed to take the next step. I needed to help help these kids because that's what the Lord was telling me to do. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of times, like I said, I don't answer the phone when I should. And I felt like this was one of those times that I needed to step up and answer the phone. And uh, I got some guys around and, and they were excited about it. Eric here, right there in front. <clears throat> That guy was there one day from 8 in the morning until 1 in the morning. Or, yeah, 1 in the morning. And uh, set, he, he, several times he did this. And then when the project's done, he says to me, hey, what else you got? <laughs> you know? So I, I know where that guy's heart's at. And I just I feel like we all just need to learn from that and, and you know, look in the mirror. Where's our hearts at? Because these kids need help, and there's nobody else. That's going to help them. But we as Christians, that's that's what the God that's what God wants us to do. So, you know, let's all look in the mirror and uh, you know help these kids out because they don't have anybody else. They have us to lead them to the Lord, and that's what we need to do. So. Yeah, I. If you were here, to, if you served in that, would you stand? I know Eric's here. A lot of them stood in first service. Maybe it was a bunch of first service guys. I don't know, but. Um, yeah, we had a great group of guys that came and served and gave, and you changed a whole dynamic for them, and uh, that's what it's about. I kind of like to get Steve cranking, too. Um, that's, that's one of his buttons. You push, and the Lord's expanding him, growing him in that area, and this is what this is about. How can we as a church be stretched and expanded and figure out, okay, Lord, you know, I went out there, and, and I'm going to tell you that my gift set was not probably uh, what they were looking for. No, it was exactly what they were looking for. It was entertaining. <laughs> right? But I was there to serve and help in whatever way, and they could clean up my mess afterwards. And, but um, we all can do that, right? That service aspect. Some of you, like Steve has been finding in his own life, He's got some gifting in that way where he can use that and he gets passionate and then he's able to put together something and organize something and he's done something that has a lasting value beyond him. And that's what I just want to share, that a part of how we're going to love the world and serve the world is through stuff like this, local mission. And we want to be a place and have a culture where it's acceptable, it's great, in fact, we're looking for stuff to do and how to serve. This is one little thing. There can be a number of things. I'm praying that as we just talk about this for a month, the Holy Spirit does the work in your life and speaks to you and says, hey, you know you've always thought that they, that might need some attention or you could help in that way? Well, guess what? It's the Holy Spirit wanting to speak to you about how you can serve your world to share the love of Jesus Christ and to give people hope and an answer that they're desperately looking for. That's what this has all been about. And I, I just want to simply finish this way. Uh, five reasons why you should use your spiritual gifts. And I hope they come up on the screen because my iPad's dead. So here they are.
one, direction and purpose for your life. As we've tried to touch on through these four weeks, we were created to have purpose. Our life is fulfilled when we find our purpose and we do it. God has given you a purpose through the spiritual gift he has given you. And when you have direction and purpose in your life, you are experiencing life as it was designed to be. Freedom to embrace and enjoy who you are. There's something freeing and uh, uh, unbelievably uh, a confidence builder. When you find what you're good at, you find what you're designed to do, and then you're doing it. And um, it's so fun to see that. In fact, that's the third thing, joy that results from impacting lives. And uh, just the deep-seated satisfaction that you can come from knowing I was able to do something that lived way beyond my life and probably beyond my years on this earth. There's so much joy that comes from that. Affirmation of your victory with Christ. Absolutely serving and using your gifts continues to affirm that Jesus has done something in your life that is unstoppable. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And when we serve him, we continually remind ourselves that we are a part of something that has been life-changing for us and that is eternal. Um, I remember in college, one of the things that they would talk to us about, I was in a, a Christian college, and it was really really intent, focused on ministry. And um, one of the things I remember them always saying, because they had a great culture of serving, that college literally impacted the town of Cincinnati for years, for over 100 years. And one of the big things they would say is, you know, personally, if you're struggling, personally, if you feel like you're in the wilderness, personally, personally if you're discouraged or you're defeated, or personally, if you're, you're, you're just overwhelmed, or you don't know where you're going, and you're just, God, where are you at, and what's going on, and where am I going? They always taught us that when you're in that place, the best thing you can do is go serve somebody else. Go allow your faith and belief that even though I'm, I don't know where I'm at, I still am trusting God that what he is about is bigger and I'm gonna go ahead and serve somebody else even when I don't feel it, when I don't know. And it was amazing. I've experienced this in my own life when I got outside of myself and served others, how much my life came back into perspective and focus and I found direction and I found what I needed. There's affirmation of your victory with Christ. And the fifth one is accountability for your stewardship of that gift. Through this whole series, I've not talked about what Jesus talked about when it came to talents and gifts. But Jesus had some strong words. He said, listen, you are accountable. You're responsible for what I've given to you. I've given you gifts, and it wasn't just an optional thing with me. I graced you with something that I expected you to use. And in fact, as he's finishing his time on earth in Matthew chapter 25, big stuff he's talking about last week of his life, he shares some parables. One of them is a parable of talents where he says, listen, you will be held accountable for what I've given to you. Now use it because you cannot even comprehend how much it will help build and strengthen and grow my kingdom. Those are the reasons why we should use our spiritual gifts. So I finish... This week, how we finished the first week, two questions. 
Do I know my spiritual gift? Am I using my spiritual gift? Again, we were called to serve. We want to grow that, expand that here at NAPNAS. Thank God for what we do. You've been able to see a little bit. It's built on serving. We just want to keep busting the walls out on that and figuring out greater ways to serve one another and then serve our community and our world. Let's stand. Father, thank you for the opportunity to to be used by you. We thank you that as we celebrated during worship that you paid it all and we owe everything to you and we are on this firm foundation which is Jesus Christ and you've given us new life, you give us hope, you strengthen us each and every day. But Lord, part of what you've done is you've also given us a purpose, a role through the gifts that you've given to us. And so Lord, we we know that when we use these and we realize these, life absolutely becomes what we always dreamed it would be. And we have meaning and significance and we are making a change. So Lord, continue to show us, reveal to us how you want to use us. We want to strengthen the body. We want to serve the world. And so Lord, just speak to us. Those who have found their role and are using it, Encourage them, Lord, that they're making a difference. Those who don't know what that role is yet or still trying to find it, Lord, challenge them, show them, reveal to them how they can be used and what they can do. Because when the body's healthy, it is unbelievable what it can accomplish. And that's what you want to do here locally and around the world. So we ask for your grace and your leadership and your help. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Have a great day.